A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Life and Balance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. Today we'll be discussing death by social media in the deep dive before we answer an audience question and an issue from the internet. But first time for the daily stand-up. What you got for me, Frank? Well, unfortunately, we're going to be releasing this episode a little later, so we have missed the most important engagement of the year, and that is Marion, North Carolina's Bigfoot Festival. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Finally, a place where you can be bell of the ball. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm and, guessing this is for uh, Bigfoot enthusiasts to come in, from around the world. <laughs> indeed, it is. They're 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 going to attract Bigfoot enthusiasts from across the globe to Marion, North Carolina, because nothing says Bigfoot like North Carolina. Well, I mean, we don't know where the Bigfoot is, and you know, maybe they have had some sightings or some some whisperings or rumors of sightings for in that general area. Um, <laughs> I mean, you visited there a couple times, so a couple of uh, false alarms. So, I mean, it, it's definitely possible. They they like near there is Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. Which I guess prides itself on being quirky. So it is the, uh, it's got the super original tagline, keep Asheville weird. <laughs> Isn't that like the third city that, that's got that tagline at this point? I mean, at the very, very least. Yeah, I, I guess that's being pretty conservative. <laughs> so the Bigfoot Festival uh. is only 36 miles away from Asheville. In bustling downtown Marion, North Carolina, which it sounds like I'm making fun, but, you know, good on them for putting together something that folks can be passionate about. Absolutely. Uh, like, do you know how many people are in the town? Like, is it a fairly small town originally? I mean, Marion is a relatively small town. They've only got about 8,000 people. Okay. I mean, so, that's that's medium size, I'd say. Small to medium. I mean, it's pretty small. I grew up in what I would call a small town, and I think we had like 12. So that's kind of so, where, okay. where I put... So with know. with that, like, you know, know, you know, since you have a somewhat of a basis to understand like how about how big this town is, minus, you know, roughly 33%, uh, would your 12,000 population town have been able to support like hundreds of, or thousands of people with like <laughs> restaurants and hotels and stuff like that like do 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 they even have the infrastructure like i don't mean to take a take away from like the 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 mystique and the glitz and glamour 
of the Bigfoot Festival, but do they have the infrastructure to support such an influx of just ravenous Bigfoot fans? You know, they probably don't have the infrastructure needed uh, in my hometown to support that many Bigfoot fans. Weirdly enough, however, they host like the National World Championship of Dominoes. <laughs> Um, I haven't seen any discovery shows or multiple discovery shows about dominoes, so I'm not sure, not sure it's quite in the same ballpark, but I mean, I, I'm guessing probably, you know, tens of people, low hundreds of people go to the dominoes festival. So, um, I, I guess there's nothing to sneeze at. It's actually, I, I, it's the world championship of dominoes. Uh -huh. So not just okay. not just national. This is an international. I mean, okay. So I, I I don't know the statistics. I am not up on the world championship of dominoes, uh, but I can't imagine. Like I've seen like the world championship of like Scrabble and stuff like that, which I think is kind of uh, kind of in the ballpark. Um, and like you know, there weren't a ton of people there, you know, a couple thousand, which I, I guess for a, a small town is still a, a huge influx. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's always a concern that I have with, uh, with big events in small towns. Um, cause they're, I forget what it was like whenever we were trying to figure out a close place to go to like a, a gaming convention or a, an anime convention, you know, there were a lot of towns in the area that didn't really qualify. Like the closest that we had here was Huntsville, which is, you know, two, two and a half hours away. And uh, until Birmingham really started to, to grow and get a lot more um, really interesting places and, and bigger meeting spaces and event halls, you know, we couldn't have, you know, pretty much any conventions here at all, except for at the BJCC, which was so expensive as to be like super cost prohibitive. So like, you know, I know that they were trying to do one for a while in Tuscaloosa and they finally did. Um, after, you know, be, after the big football boom and, you know, had an influx of people and, you know, because people wanted to stay for football, there were hotels there for people to stay for, <laughs> for anime conventions and other, other such things. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think the solution here is that before the Bigfoot event, they need to have a big football team or some sort of sports team, uh, win a championship and get a bunch of infrastructure, and then they have plenty of place to put the Bigfoot people. Well, I mean, it's one of those chicken-and-the-egg kind of problems, I think, because right. it's hard to get that football championship. Although, now that they've got the Bigfoot Festival, they've got a ready-made name for whatever sports team they decide. It, oh, I like that. That's a good way to uh, to keep with the branding, and set yourself up because because I think, you know, obviously, you know, you and I don't follow baseball too closely. And we were talking about the making bacons and the Savannah bananas. So if you've got a good shtick, it doesn't really matter what you do or how good you are. Uh, you can build a brand and a following and, you know, possibly a revenue stream just out of that. Exactly. The Marion Barbarians. Was was that not what we were talking about, Derek? So it's got a it's got a great ring to it, but I do feel that it's not quite capturing the Bigfootness. If oh if I okay, were. you were talking about going with the Bigfoot angle. I see. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
So how many years running have they had this wonderful festival? Oh, this was the first one, Derek. Oh, <laughs> the, the inaugural. The inaugural <laughs> Bigfoot Festival of Marion, North Carolina, which ran from 12 noon to 6 p.m. I mean, that's a whole six wow. hours, Derek. Well, the thing is, is that after 6 p.m., like, that's when the Bigfoot starts start rustling around. So you got to get out into the woods and start looking for Bigfoot. So I understand why they why they kind of put it towards the middle of the day. So you've been Bigfoot, Bigfoot hunting all night. You get your good night's sleep. Uh, go to Waffle House or Denny's and get yourself a, a Grand Slam breakfast uh, to power you up for another day of Bigfoot fun followed by Bigfoot hunting. So I get it. I see. I like where you're going with this, Derek. And here's a thought. I'm just curious. By population, how many big feet do you think there might actually be already there? <laughs> like as in inhabitants of the town or? Exactly. Because I'm wondering. It's a small <laughs> town. <laughs> and, and perhaps it's just all hairy Sasquatches. Oh, I'm guessing you haven't, uh, I don't see, I don't know if you saw any of the, the press releases uh, from the conference or any of the, uh, any videos from it or whatnot, but we could be reading this all wrong. Like we, we, we could be thinking that this is people going, uh, p- humans that are interested in Bigfoot. This may actually be a convention for other big feet. It, it looks like it might be Derek. I mean, I'm looking at photos. <laughs> Oh, oh, do you think this was some sort of ploy to like, to draw the Bigfoot out? It's like, oh shit, I gotta go to this. This is, this is for me. This is for my people. And, and lo and behold, instead of going out in the woods and bam, you got him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nobody has thought about that before. Nobody has sent Bigfoot an evite, uh, which is the big problem. You know, we keep I going see. to try to find him and invading his space. And all you got to do, uh, you know, I mean, they, they say, if you build it, Bigfoot will come. <laughs> so maybe this was just uh-huh. a one and done. Maybe, maybe they got Bigfoot. <laughs> um, he had on I his mean, little island shirt. He had on a bucket hat. I mean, he came with a fanny pack because without pants, it's, you know, you've got no pockets to put your stuff in. Right. And he was and ready I mean, for gotta... a day of, of Bigfoot festivaling. And, right. uh, and then, boom, they just lower the, the net on him. I mean, you know, he had plenty of Jack Link's beef jerky uh, in that pouch. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is like, do you think that with all their hubris, that if they catch one, they're not going to be greedy and try to catch more so i think that that as as soon as they catch one they're going to be having these like every other weekend and they're going to start trying to capture as many bigfoot as possible um i mean you know honestly that's that's not like the worst idea in the world because if you get two of the right like of the right sexes and i don't want to be like bigfoot gender normative here um but if you get two that are that have the correct parts you can basically start a captive breeding program for bigfoot <laughs> I, think, I think with bigfoot it's probably easier just to start one of those dating websites you know like farmers only 
sasquatchonly.com. Yeah. <laughs> Just maybe maybe sasquatching, um, but without a couple of the... Uh, <laughs> Just without a couple of the vowels. <laughs> uh, okay, so what uh, what can we call this this Bigfoot dating site? Um, I feel Bigfooter is probably already taken for somewhat nefarious means. Um, so S Q T C H, and it's a it's not a website. Oh. It's just an app. <laughs> Squatch. <laughs> Squatch. <laughs> oh. See, now, that I can get behind. Um, see, the only thing I'm worried about is that there's a lot of freaks on the internet, and if I know anything about the internet, if there's something to to have a fetish about, you're going to see a bunch of, like, weird people on that just, like, hunting for a Bigfoot to fuck. Like, I mean, that's Chuck the, that's Tingle's the already conclusion. all over this, Derek. <laughs> Old Chuck wrote the manual, I think, so. Oh, my God. I I mean, I'm not even going to ask you if that's a real thing, and I'm not going to Google it, because if he hasn't already, like, released a book about, like, a Bigfoot fucking a Bigfoot, then, uh, yeah, he's already got, like, four volumes written just waiting, <laughs> just sitting on those. So, yeah, we'll, we'll assume that Chuck Tingle has the market cornered on the Bigfoot erotica, but we'll just make the app for true, deep... Bigfoot connections. I'm loving it. <laughs> Speaking of things that are going to get us fired that's on our phones, Derek. <laughs> Want to hit the deep dive? Let's do it. Okay, today on the deep dive, we are covering death by social media. We all have the right to speak our minds on social media, but nothing says that can't land you deep in the shit with your employer. I mean, these days, it's... It's pretty much constantly in the news that someone right. has done something on social media and it has gotten them fired. Right. Like coming, going, political affiliation, whatever. Somebody has done something extra stupid that has has gotten them canned. And, and the thing is, like, I think that as social media becomes more and more per pervasive, which I, I guess it's kind of difficult to even say that anymore. Like, how can it be possibly any more pervasive like i mean every time you go to the toilet you're you know there's an app on your phone that that's uploading to, to facebook or twitter like the the weight and <laughs> and particulature of your bowel movement so i mean we can't really get a whole lot more connected but uh but yeah it, it increases to amaze me how how creative people can get in the ways that they are fired by social media. But like you said, like political shit posting and just being a, a dick bag on, on social media is a good way to get yourself fired. So I will ask this. Do you feel at, you know, since you are also in a, you know, somewhat of a management, uh, management role or in charge of some other people, I mean, should the company have the right to fire you for what you say on social media? What leg do they have to stand on to can you for something that you said, you know, away from the office on some something that that potentially has nothing to do with the company? I think to some extent it it suggests your fitness for the position. Okay, like, I don't necessarily agree with. You know, there's all kinds of stuff like someone who is a teacher. There was a guy in Germany 
that was uh, like a, a mathematics professor and it came out that he had done porn previously. And right. it's like, that doesn't really have any bearing on what he's doing now. I think if he was I hope, dropping I mean, I trowel, like, right, yeah, <laughs> I think if he was dropping trowel in the middle of, of a classroom, there would be reports. And then, yeah, let's totally fire that guy for dropping trowel in the middle of the classroom. Right, but not because of of what his extra extracurricular activities are. It's specifically because of the incidents that he is causing in the classroom at the time. I, I mean, you know, porn uh, aside, like there are lots of other things that there. There's a couple different sides. You know, there's there's the side of social media um, exposing like bad thought processes that might make somebody seem unfit for a role uh, in a company. Um, like if somebody is a you know, going for a PR manager or in the role of like a PR manager, um, you don't want them just like attacking people on social media all the time. Because the thing is, like, you have some companies that already have like PR managers that have gotten completely blasted because they have been, you know, very combative or aggressive uh, when there's any type of scrutiny or negative criticism they receive, they just lash out. Like, you don't want somebody that already is, like, a talented amateur at, you know, being aggressive on social media. And, you know, the, the second part of it is that, you know, and, and I, I see this one a little bit more often, or I've, I've seen it mentioned more often, is that even though you may not be, like, wearing a nameplate for your company while you're on social media, you do, like, kind of... Uh, kind of as a tangential nature of it, like you kind of represent that company in a way. So if like, you know, let's just say that the only two people you've met from this particular company are complete assholes on Twitter, it's going to form a kind of a, a subconscious connection with that company in the back of your mind that like, Hey, that's a company full of assholes. Like that's not necessarily the, the projection that these companies want. So they may, <laughs> they may trim the fat uh, to try to keep that from becoming a kind of a per pervasive idea. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of places are right to work, so you can be fired without cause most of the time. Right. So companies can kind of go in and be like, eh, you know, I don't necessarily like your face, so I'm just going <laughs> to fire you today. And there's not a whole that lot you can do true. unless you can come back and prove that they fired you due to some protected class, like you know, race, sex, orientation, things like that. And that's right. honestly why those are protected classes, so that people don't just come in and, you know, have discriminatory feelings about things. Yeah, and your uh, <laughs> your love for uh, whatever fandom or um, terrible thing you like, uh, it does not necessarily put you in a protected class. So, yeah, that's not necessarily going to be helpful uh, to say, you know, oh, he, my boss fired me for being, for being a prolific My Little Pony fan fiction writer. I, I think HR would understand and, uh, <laughs> would, would fire you again if it got past them. Not, not saying that you can't, like, <laughs> dig your MLP slash fiction, like, whatever you want to do, that's fine. I'm just saying that <laughs> sometimes your love conflicts with your work that's all i'm trying to say i'm feeling very attacked right now derek because <laughs> look man you have dragged me for the potential uh that i possess to write mlp 
uh, slash fan fiction before. So I was just returning the favor, just lobbing that back at you. I mean, Fluttershy and Rainbow Dash's love is eternal. You disgust me. (laughs) Everybody knows that it's Fluttershy and Applejack. God damn it, Frank. All right, so I shouldn't reveal to you the the Fluttershy, Applejack, Rainbow Dash triangle fic that I've got, right? We'll talk about that later. (laughs) Oh... So another side to this kind of social media shit show that you can have uh, with your company is that sometimes it's not necessarily what you're doing on social media that's the problem. Uh, Sometimes you are kind of caught in the middle as your company is getting just dunked on on social media. So, for example, this this has been a crazy week because... The burger joint in my hometown that I worked at and have mentioned multiple times on this podcast (laughs) has become fucking national news. So this is a this is just a kind of a a mom and pop uh, hamburger, you know, hot dog, chicken fingers restaurant. And normally, like nobody gives a shit like the people of the town will will eat there. And that's it. But, you know, the entirety of the the clientele is is mostly local. Uh, Apparently, there was a disagreement between the cashier and and a customer. Um, Essentially, they, you know, somebody had ordered for work and they had ordered meals for multiple people. Somebody was lactose intolerant, asked for no cheese, and uh, they had gotten the order wrong. And so they came back to replace the burger. And on the, the receipt for the replacement burger, the cashier put... And I quote, no cheese on this damn burger. Crazy bitch ordered it. <laughs> so, but she put it into the system, not knowing it would then appear on the receipt. Exactly. That she, she didn't realize that special orders came across on the receipt. So this has made its way. Uh, I first, I first learned about it from my sister who she and I both worked at the restaurant at one time in our youth and uh, she told me about it. And I, I just Googled it. And the first thing that popped up was Yahoo fucking news. It has since appeared on Vice News on multiple like local news stations. So this is this is huge shit. And I'm just sitting there just like laughing that the first time that that my old uh, <laughs> my old burger place that I used to work at the first time it's in the fucking papers. It's because one of the underpaid, underappreciated cashiers uh, was having a just a terrible day, probably, and decided to get a little too sassy and <laughs> and just wrote on the receipt uh, something terrible about this this person. So I'm not picking sides here. I'm not saying who's right. I I see both sides of the coin. I'm just saying that is the most fucking beautiful thing I've ever heard. Like. <laughs> <laughs> because as as somebody who worked there like you know being a, a short order cook in a any place like that like sometimes people are rude so like some if you have like several rude customers in a row sometimes you just you know I, I you know I can't say that I necessarily did but I can see the propensity to kind of just just let it pile kind of uh let it aggregate and just 
inflict it all <laughs> on one person that has slighted you ever so slightly. So yeah, that that has become a social media shitstorm for the restaurant, and uh, it has not necessarily gone well after that because they don't have PR managers. They have the the mom and the pop that run the place, and let's say the the reactions have been understandable, but have been um. Iffy. Oh no! Are they are they like coming to the defense of themselves? Not really. Like there's, there's definitely, um, some amount of circling the wagons a little bit. They said that they, uh, they reached out to the customer and apologized profusely, which I truly believe. Like, I truly believe that they, uh, they called and apologized and that, you know, they, they, I believe they called it corrective coaching <laughs> to the employee. Um, that part, I don't necessarily believe. I, I think she got yelled at in the back of the burger joint, but, potato, uh, potato. <laughs> there was I can I can promise you there was no fucking paperwork uh or anything submitted to HR like this was definitely handled uh in an ad hoc fashion but uh but yeah like just some of the a couple of things that were said uh were like I said not necessarily callous not necessarily um trying to act like it didn't happen or that there wasn't a fuck up but a little bit of deflection and uh and that 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 don't look so good but uh but I will say like bar none, like their their like their food is is fantastic. And as far as like little grease traps on the side of the road in small towns, like you're probably not going to find one that's that's quite as put together as this one. Um, I I do I both love and hate that the first time this fucker is in the news is about something fairly fairly despicable. Um, but but you know, I think it's survivably despicable. Like. <laughs> Like, I mean, Derek, maybe. here's the thing. We've got this podcast, mm -hmm. and I'm sure that we'll break in to the big time mainstream, not for the podcast, but if, like, the heinousness of our My Little Pony slash fic gets out. Uh-huh. And then that's what's going to blow up on Twitter, because you never know what's going to blow up. And, you know, I have a feeling it's going to be something like that. And then that's what you get known for. Like, you don't necessarily, I think we've, we've discussed it before. You don't necessarily get to write what everybody decides is the most interesting thing about you. Right. Totally understand. But hopefully they can capitalize on it. Like, this is the first time they've gotten into the news. Yeah. And it wasn't for something good. But. Sure. They're in the news. Right. And. I mean, they do say that any publicity is good publicity, so, you know, they got that going for them. But I think what they need to do is they need to just truly embrace this and uh, just just com just run with it and become <laughs> become the small oh. uh, hometown Christian-based uh, eatery that insults people with profanity on their receipts. Like, man, <laughs> I, I love that idea. That is a brilliant idea. I, I know that it's not uh, like it's not 100% the most original idea I've heard of restaurants sure. like this where they just lambast you with abuse from the moment you walk in the door and right. that's what they get known for. I mean, right. we've got a local place here in town that's well known for like if you aren't ready to order when you get to the counter or you're looking at your phone, they will tell you to fuck right off. <laughs> and, and I think and I love and this. And people love it. 
Yeah, because people start swapping those receipts online. You know, they're like, ah, look at what uh, look what they said on on my receipt. <laughs> and then and then it becomes almost like a secondary market for the most profane or blasphemous or uh, just overly soul crushing thing that was said on the receipts. Yeah. So you've got a little uh, <laughs> a little bit of memorabilia going on. So, I, I mean, honestly, I think that it might hurt their local clientele a little bit. Um, I'm not sure that the little old ladies from that town can uh, can necessarily put up with. Some of the four-letter words that, um, and some they, of the more creative. They can't necessarily profanity. hang with every single receipt being a little tiny diss track. <laughs> yeah, they don't want uh, every receipt just to be a just a fucking read on you know their daily apparel or their general face. Um, I can see that being uh, you know putting them off some of the clientele, but uh, I, I think their internet popularity would certainly soar. All right, you want to get into a question from the audience? What do you do when a coworker knows your name, but you don't know theirs? Or worse, what do you do when you realize you've been addressing a coworker by the wrong name for months and they oh. never corrected you? Oh, no. Both have happened to me. <laughs> Sam. Oh, no. Oh, Sam. All right, so Stan, oh. this is the worst <laughs> oh, thing Stan. you could have ever done. Oh God, you have to, you have to atone. Like, but how? This is the worst sin. Like, <laughs> if you had killed their parents, they would forgive you faster than if you had done this. Oh, this is the stuff of nightmares, Frank. Oh I, my God, I don't know how you recover from this. Like, I think spam is fucked. <laughs> Oh, wait, hold on. Did you say, did you say Sam, Stan, or Spam? Yes. Fuck. Because uh, I've heard, I, it, it has sounded like all three. So, anyway, uh, this, it's, this it's is... Sam. Sam? Yes, I have said it wrong. <laughs> okay, good. I thought I was going fucking crazy. Like, I was like, oh my god, I'm so fucking... That is how bad this, this is how bad... This has fucked me up as I didn't even catch that. Like it, the, you have just been throwing zingers right over my head for like the past two minutes. And they've just been going wild because I, my brain is so fucking destroyed uh, and frazzled by this, this question. Because the thing is like, I, I think I've, I've discussed it on the podcast before. Like I am completely just nonsensically paranoid about calling people the wrong name. Like, you know, in most of the offices I've been in, like, people don't necessarily, like, every time they see each other, call each other by a name. But I kind of, like, in my head do a dress rehearsal. Uh, so every time I I pass somebody, it's like, okay, I think their name is John. If I was, was going to call them a name, I would call them John. Let me catalog that for later to look it up in the company directory and, and make sure that their name is John. Because, and, and then, like, if I'm wrong, like, I feel like I've dodged a bullet. Like, I literally am, like, a mixture of, like, sweaty anxiety and, like, immense relief that that's the, not, that's the time that I chose not to call them by their name. Like, it is so fucking neurotic how I feel about trying to remember people's names. I have two teams, and on each of those teams is a person. 
and their names are one letter different. Oh no. What with different pronunciations? Or is it like J O N J O H N? No, different pronunciations, but they're very similar consonants. And oh, legitimately, no. I still do the <laughs> the hey man, what's up, dude. <laughs> or what's luckily Luckily, we have name tags that are stuck on (laughs) on the wall next to each person's cube. And you know for a fact that I am checking that fucking name tag every time I walk up. Just like, it's this one, not the other one. It's this one, (laughs) not the other one. It's this one. It's see, I do the, the, I do the same thing. And like I said, it's, it's part of the, like kind of the dress rehearsal for when I actually do have to call them by name. Um, because like, yeah, the people on your side of the office, I don't necessarily like, like call them by their name all that often, but you bet your ass every single fucking time I pass those six cubicles, uh, or the, the, the two sets of six cubicles, I am basically going down, going down each of them and matching name to face, name to face, name to face. Because I need to be ready because at some point I am going to be, I'm going to be called upon to say somebody's name. I don't know fucking why, like it's never happened before. So like, I don't know what situation, like, uh, I don't know. We're playing like red Rover or something. And like, there's somebody that I know is going to be a great strategic pick to send them over. And you know, we're, we're discussing as a team. It's like, Oh yeah, that guy. And then I say red Rover, red Rover send. And then I blank. And I've ruined the game. And I mean, it, it is such an irrational fear, but uh, just you watch it at the <laughs> at the intramural, the intramural office Olympics. We're going to have the game of Red Rover and I'm going to fuck it up. I know it. I, I mean, it, oh, Derek, I would avoid this by like throwing a ninja smoke bomb <laughs> and just disappearing. Oh, I, does, does your ninja smoke bomb have like enough? Uh, enough of a poof to cover both of us because that would be very tactically valuable. Well, if I mean, one of Derek, these it's come me, and I don't exactly move super fast, so it's less a smoke <laughs> bomb and more just a smoldering fire that goes on for several hours. It's just oh, billowing, God. and you can hear coming out of it like thumps and, right. and lumps of me going, "Oh, ow!" Oof, <laughs> as I run into things in the dark. It's much less of a ninja smoke bomb and more of like an actual like smoke canister or like smoke grenade that just fills the entire floor with smoke. And maybe it it does cause some like secondary effects, like clearing the entire office building. But you did get out of the situation. So I am absolutely for that, for sure. Exactly. And all it all it all that happened was I fell down the stairs and and that's okay. (laughs) That's fine. That is, oh my God, is that an acceptable return for for what could have happened? Oh my God. I'll go down four flights on my fucking face before I, before I go to that. Because the thing, here's the thing. Here's the worst part. What do you do after? What can you, how can you possibly face that person that you have called another name? Like, I don't necessarily care when somebody calls me by the wrong name. Like, maybe it hurts my fifis a little bit, um, but I get over it pretty quickly. But, but if some, if I call somebody else the wrong name, I, I don't know how to fix that. How do you fix that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't understand. The only way to fix that, Derek, is just not to care in the first place. 
But I can't. Like if if everybody has so a much. conception of you as an absolute monster, then all you're doing is confirming that fact when you don't remember their name. But see, I would and have this to is move... the secret to the whole persona, Derek. <laughs> Deep inside, I'm a loving, it's caring human it's... being. I've just I've just adopted this rough, crunchy, candy exterior. To mask oh. the fact that I can't remember anybody's fucking name. But see, the problem is, is that I would have to move so far away where nobody knew me. Because, like, the town that we live in, like, it is not it is not super big. Like, especially in, in the industry that we're in. Like, I don't think I've worked in an office without working with somebody that I've worked or seen or, or like, met before. Like, every place that I go, there's somebody that I already know. Um, which... which not only does it exacerbate the problem of, you know, not not being able to get away and start afresh as the monster that you would have me be, but also it's, it creates that problem where if I don't remember their name, uh, we're we're just like square one day one. We are we are already in full neurotic bloom like that is that is horrifying. But, yeah, I would have to move somewhere that is so far away. Um, I would have to delete all my social media, um, which given the, uh, deep dive may not be a bad idea. Um, but I'd have to completely start over. And I, I, I mean, I was about to say, I don't think it's worth it. Um, it might be so, <laughs> but you're saying you have to do a whole lot of homework and prep work beforehand to make people think that you're an asshole in order to make when this happens, it be okay. Like, we we still haven't discussed, like, how you can possibly fix it. Like, what what can you... Like, is there anything that you can do to make it up to somebody for this, for this slight? Like, I'm asking for actual fucking advice, Frank. Like, this is... Pause the podcast. I want to know how to fix this. <laughs> because I may do it. If we're gonna go with my honest answer, like, and for true and honest, the only thing you can do when faced with an awkward situation like this is turn to face the awkward and run into it arms right. open. Like, that's that's all you can do when you're faced with any sort of enormously awkward situation is just go, hey, this is super awkward, <laughs> but I don't remember your fucking name. But see, that that is such a, you know, it, it sounds simple. But it, it actually is like immensely powerful. And, and it's something that I, you know, I would like to kind of have the presence of mind to do. Because the thing is, like, if if you act like you didn't say the wrong name or like you just completely tried to cover up the fact that you did, like, that's going to make it look twice as bad. Like, people are going to, I don't, I don't know, people are going to, maybe they don't, maybe they won't think anything of it. But there is a chance that they will think poorly of you for, like, not accepting the fact that you made a mistake. But if you just, like, like you said, straight up to say, hey, I'm bad with faces and names, and I don't remember your name. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Like, that may be enough to completely disarm the whole thing. And then from now on, maybe you have, like, an inside personal joke where every time you come into the office, they say, hi, I'm Dave. <laughs> they just introduce themselves every single day. And see, that's adorable. <laughs> it is. And, and I say all these things, but then for real and for true, most of the time, I just greet people with like, hey, what's right. up? Or yo, or how's it been? <laughs> see, but the thing is, like, there are those people that are just like really kind people 
that go out of their way to know everybody's name. And so, like, if there are multiple multiple people in our current office that would be like, like, hey, Derek, how's your day? And I'm kind of stuck in that limbo because maybe I remember their name. Um, I mean, I probably do know their name. I probably do remember their name. But in the moment, that fear of, am I going to say the right name? Like, like that is a, a very palpable fear. Um, so I'm kind of stuck. Like, do I respond in kind and take the gamble? Or do I just say, oh, I'm good. How are you? And not return that kind of handshake of kindness like that that is a tough situation what i'm saying is nobody should ever use names again like they should all <laughs> we should merely greet ourselves as citizens yes. hello citizen i'm fucking for it i mean like yes this literally happened to me today i was out at lunch someone called out my name <laughs> came over to where i was sitting uh-huh. we had a short and polite conversation where I talked about the things that I had been up to recently, uh-huh. and then they went back to their table. And no names were spoken? And, <laughs> well, they, they said my name. I didn't say their name. Uh-huh. And, you know, the person I was at lunch with was like, oh, were they from X place that I worked? And I was like, I got no idea. <laughs> Maybe. Oh. Uh- Oh, God. So people can just, like, walk up and uh, essentially you are open to free improv exercises at that point because, like, you don't know who they are. They may not know who you are, but they know that you're that you're open (laughs) and that you will just sit there and bullshit about uh, and see how long you can go without making anything truly referential to uh, clue each other in that you don't actually know each other. It's mistaken identity. God, that is, that is terrifying. Cause the thing is I worked with a lot of people. I know, <clears throat> I know I can recognize like thousands of people that I've worked at, that, that I've worked with in the past. And you know, I'll, I'll remember everything about them. I will remember like, you know, I'll fucking rem- I'll probably remember their pets names, but for some reason, my mind will not recall their, their actual name. And I, and I hate that. Cause that to me, I feel that that represents that I didn't care enough about them to really like commit their name to memory when that's not the case. Like the thing is like Derek's only go only got so much Ram up in this brain and uh, it's going to take a while for, to get that back out of deep storage. Uh, so we may be talking for like 10 minutes. I'm like, Oh, Josh. Yes. That's your name. But then if you say it in the middle of a conversation, <laughs> is it? Oh shit. Your name's Josh. That does not look good either. Just going to throw that out there. (laughs) When people are no longer relevant to me, and this is, this is a fucked up sad thing. I'm waiting because it sounds like it's going to (laughs) be. They're they're just gone. Like, it's purged from the active memory. Oh, oh my God. I was, I was walking through the store the other day and I was referencing someone that I worked with at the last place I worked. (laughs) Jesus. Which, if everyone will remember, was not all that long right, ago. Right, we're talking like six weeks ago, tops. <laughs> and it was a person that I kind of liked. <laughs> and I was like, you know, when, um, uh, you know, what's their face? Uh, uh, you know, and then the stuff. And, and like, <laughs> the person I was with who never worked there, who merely heard me reference this person, was like, their name was this. And I was like, oh, 
okay, cool. Anyway, like, oh. it had just, it had gone. It had departed. Oh my god. That is, I, I am seeing so much of myself in that. Uh, not that, you know, people are, are, are as chaffed to the wind for me, uh, like they are for you. But just like the, the statement you made about like saying, uh, you know, oh, what's her face? What's his face? That type of thing. Um, I mean, I think that I probably use that more often than I, than I know I do. Because the thing is, like I said, I could only keep like, l- let's say conservatively, I can keep about 50 names in my, in my RAM storage at any time. And then if I meet a new person, one of those names gets dropped off the list until the next time I got to use it. So I, you know, that, that cache is very small. Um, and if I'm sitting there paging, uh, trying to pull up a name, I'm just going to, I'm just going to insert, you know, what's his, probably it's going to be like, oh, uh, you know, what's his fuck. Like that's normally my (laughs) go-to. It's like, oh, you know, oh, what's his fuck. That, that is my go-to. But, uh, but yeah, so I can, I can see that in myself quite, quite a bit. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. I don't know. Interest. This is not the time for introspection. Let's, we, we have addressed the. The uh, primordial and deeply terrifying experience of forgetting someone's name. So I think it is time for an issue from the internet. All right. The title for this issue is Spoke Up Against a Difficult Coworker. I May Have Ignited Something by Suck My Toes Bitch. (laughs) Speaking of things in social media that will get you fired... I don't, I don't write them, Frank. They, they write themselves, I guess. One of my coworkers, let's call her B, which I think we know what B is short for, um, has always been extremely difficult to work with. When B's mood goes awry. Beatrice. Beatrice. Yes. That clearly what I meant. Um, <laughs> when B's mood goes awry. Like B. Arthur. I. I think this is more recent, and since B. Ar- B. Arthur's been dead a little while, it's probably not B. Arthur. But if her, if her coworker was B. Ar- B. Arthur, I do feel she would be a bit difficult to work with because she is she don't take shit from nobody. Like that's B. Arthur. When B's mood goes awry, the overall mood of our team also goes down. B comes into the office one morning with a huge rain cloud over her head, bad attitude, and moody as fuck, which is typical. She sees me catching up with another coworker, looks me up and down, interrupts our conversation, and comments on how casual and unprofessional my outfit was. Typically, I know not to take her seriously, as she is known for making these types of statements not only to me, but practically everyone on my team, but I didn't give a fuck. In a way, I guess I did give some fuck in the beginning, because it rubbed me the wrong way. I let it pass first. Uh, walked away from the situation and carried on with my morning uh, coffee, etc. I returned to my desk and she is still going on about my outfit and my lack of care towards my appearance. I go up to her and tell her she is being inappropriate and annoying. She laughs as though I am joking. I respond in a serious tone that this isn't funny or okay at all and then return to my desk. She didn't say anything to me after that and hasn't spoken to me since. Uh, however, I've gone to her about work-related things for the sake of getting my projects and work done. Other than that, nothing. And I feel liberated and so great. So, not necessarily a question here, but I feel there are a couple things that bear repeating. Have you ever had somebody interrupt your conversation to just read you to filth? <laughs> like, just shit on you about your clothes? I mean, I only do that every once in a while, Derek. <laughs> 
this is uh, this is actually an intervention to get you to stop commenting on how uh, slovenly I look. <laughs> and I mean, if you don't want to get red, don't wear those fucking shoes with that shirt. But the pumps go with the shirt, Frank. I didn't pick them separately. They came as a piece. Ugh, God. And my calves look fucking fantastic in them. I mean, that's true. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I have never had somebody just straight up. Like I've had people talk shit about me behind my back for sure. Like that's not, that's not uncommon. I've never had somebody just straight up come up and tell me, <laughs> tell me I got a shit face or like say, Hey, your dress is janky. That is, that is messed up. I feel like that's not really like the issue. Like, I think that this person has a much bigger problem with them for some other reason. Would you agree? I mean, it depends. Cause it, I mean, from, from what they were saying, this person just has a general bad attitude and is willing to lash out at people over nothing. And so in this instance, this person might have, have made their office work environment a better place by, you know, knocking that shit down. <laughs> Uh, so do you think this is somebody that just is not, d doesn't appreciate the service that she provides? I mean, when do we not need someone in the office that's going to let people know when their shoes are ugly? I mean, I, I do feel a little bit attacked by this, but taking myself out of the equation and my personal feelings, I can, I can be uh, objective enough to see that this is a, this is a very valuable service. Like... This is, uh, cause a rising tide lifts all ships and it's no longer summer. So you can knock off the boat. <laughs> Look, those loafers are fucking comfortable. And after like two weeks straight of wearing those pumps, my calves and my arches need a rest. So I'm going to go in fucking loafers. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, we did just talk about this like last episode or the previous episode about, uh, People who are, uh, people are, are, who are being exemplary in their dress or their actions, uh, and kind of making everybody else look like shit. Uh, this is a, a slightly more like direct approach and, and I almost feel like if people can be objective about it, it may actually work better because this person isn't like, isn't like just dressing better and making everybody else look bad. They're straight up telling everybody your game is weak and you need to up it because we don't do that here. Like, like just laying down the law. It's harsh to hear. It is really difficult to hear that from somebody. Um, but when somebody's right, sometimes they're just right. Like, <laughs> I'm really fucking turning a corner on this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to dunk on this bitch for for like just insulting people, but I'm like, man, that is really useful. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I do like the fact that it, that in the second paragraph, uh, or she ends the first paragraph by saying, she says it to everybody, but I didn't give a fuck. Well, in a way, I guess I did give some fuck, like. <laughs> I thought that that was a very interesting way to put it. 
There's nothing. There's nothing like stream of consciousness correcting yourself on a written work in which you can. Like it would have literally taken you less than a second to just hit the backspace key a couple of times. Like it would have taken far less time to like remove the six words than typing a, a twenty word sentence explaining it. But you know, the thing is, like I actually, I do that a lot. Like a lot of times, I'll type something out and. And, like, actually continue typing with, oh, that came out wrong. Let me, you know, let me say this other thing to explain it. Like, I actually, I actually really like doing that. Like, because it, it kind of, I mean, it mimics kind of a, a an in-person conversation. Because, you know, I can't self-edit whenever I'm talking. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, a, a lot of times the first thing that I that I think are the first things that I say. And so I do have to kind of walk some things back sometimes, not from like being uh, inappropriate, uh, you know, in inappropriate sense or anything like that. But just like, if I say something and then I fuck it up, I'll be like, Oh, I done fucked that up. And I'll kind of, you know, kind of lean into it. Um, and it, it makes for a, I hope a charming moment, <laughs> but uh, I'll do the same thing in text, unless it's like a horrible autocorrect or something like those I will correct. But, uh, but yeah, those, that stream of consciousness is, is sometimes charming, sometimes funny. I'm distracted here, Derek. Cause I'm just thinking, what if instead of shutting it down for unprofessionalism, mm -hmm. they just turned it into a game of the dozens. So like instantly turn it into like a, uh, uh, a, a roasting competition. Yeah, then you're just, you know, you're tossing the snaps at each other. Oh, okay. So, so maybe, maybe this is not somebody just dunking on people. Uh, she is looking for somebody, uh, just going through the office, looking for somebody who is her equal in, in the read and who is skilled enough to come back at her for that challenge that she's been craving for years in this arena and nobody has been able to match wits with her. And, uh, you know, of course this person disarmed them in a, uh, not so combat like way for this particular arena. But, uh, but yeah, they're just searching person to person and they haven't found one yet. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, they, they've been seeking out someone who could match them and they, they're still looking. So if, so can I assume that if you come up and you uh, start dragging on my dress or, uh, you know, my my shoes or my general face area uh, that you are. You call it a dress, Derek, but at best, that's a tunic. Oh, we going to start this now. All right. No, not all right. I'm actually terrible at that. Um, so, <laughs> so Frank won Derek nothing. But what I am going to do is I am, I am going to go away and sharpen my blade. And so the next time you dunk on me, I will not just roll over and expose my tender underbelly as is per usual. I will come back at you. You will snap. Back. I will snap back. I, I will, I will unleash my my years of i don't know what what kind of training do you even do for this like <laughs> i don't know i mean you're going to have to have a montage oh yes absolutely but but so who would be my instructor you're going to need like someone who can train you who who other than like you know i think drag queens is the obvious answer so like that's not even really an answer in this case like like just go to a a, a drag club and like 
say roast me and you'll get like two hours worth of material. But what, who else like other than that? So you could go the, uh, the, the Walder Valderrama route and, uh, he could, he could be your, uh, your sensei of your mama jokes, which is not bad. A, a little bit passe at this point. <laughs> my, I mean, that's, that's the original dozens. Right. So I did earn my, my black uh, belt in yo mama in, uh, in elementary school, but I have let my skills get rusty. I mean, maybe, maybe if you got trained by Gilbert Godfrey. Okay. Is he famous at like, uh, just dismantling hecklers or something? I mean, he's, he's pretty famous for, for roasts. Okay. Okay. Well, see, the, the problem is, is that, uh, he would encourage me to give the read, uh, with his personal inflection. And I'm not sure we need two Gilbert Gottfried, uh, type voices in the world, to be honest. But I like it. I like where uh, your head's at though. Richard Pryor? <laughs> Well, there's one problem with, uh, with Richard Pryor. The ghost of the Richard ghost of Pryor. Richard Pryor. There we go. We found it. We will have a training montage on, on the dozens, uh, from the ghost of Richard Pryor. Oh, now that, that's a fucking movie I would watch. <laughs> oh man. All right, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go and take some notes and, uh, find some sort of like coven of witches to help summon the ghost of Richard Pryor. And then we will do battle, my friend. But until then, let's punch the clock. <laughs> if you'd like to send us a question to answer on air, please send them to questions at WLICast.com. If you want to connect with us, you can go to WLICast.com, where you'll find all of our social media links, and also links to our store, Patreon, and other ways you can support the show. Speaking of support, there is nothing better for growing our audience than word of mouth. And that means that if you like the show, please share us with other people you know. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell a frenemy. This has been the Work-Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I'm Derek Lewis. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you. Your jokes are so old, they're collecting social security. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I feel the spirit of Richard Pryor rising up in me.